episode 87 of the black and fashion podcast we are getting up there in numbers guys we're almost we're being 100 really soon and then by the time we hit 100 then we'll also be around the point of our three-year anniversary so you know we're gonna like party it up for sure um of course we can't start any episode without acknowledging our amazing sponsors make sure you guys check out street politicians it's more than just an apparel brand it's a brand that is here to represent a positive image in our community and that everyone doesn't see let's make sure we also acknowledge the alumni group they hope they host the dopest brunches and day parties and happy hours um, and international trips for black professionals in nyc and la founded by Freddie and napoleon uh, the alumni group brings together nyc's dopest people and network and twerk at the same time over dope beats and bottomless mimosas so I want to hop right in today with me. I have the pleasure of having a call-in interview with Sierra Boyd. She is a fashion designer. Um, she okay. is a trendsetter. Um, she is a creator and a visionary. So thank you so much, Sierra, for joining me today and giving me a little bit of piece of your time. Yes, of course. Literally, I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Amazing. So let's hop right in. So I have like a little uh, icebreaker. I call it this or that. So you just tell me what you prefer over the other, okay? Okay. All right. So maxi skirts or mini skirts? Mini skirts. <laughs> wedges or mules? Um, wait, what's the question? Wedges or mules? Oh, um, I'm definitely a wedge type of girl. Definitely a wedge. Okay, uh, side boob or under boob? I'm sorry. I said side boob or under boob. Okay, okay, I'm back. All right, sorry, what was that? I, I said side boob or under boob. <laughs> oh, uh, I definitely would have to say under boob. Nice, nice. I love it. And um, a fedora brim or a beret? A beret, a period. Beret. Nice, period. Right. I like it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, so let's hop right in. What is the inspiration for your collection and what inspired you to create designs from sneakers? Wow. Okay, so it's actually a funny story about, like, how I even, like, got into sneakers. So I actually got into upcycling sneakers from a fashion design competition that I was featured in mm -hmm. um and it was here in my hometown it was called uh 2k mania 19 what's your hometown and I'm from Cleveland Ohio Cleveland Ohio nice yep yep I'm from Cleveland Ohio so and I also want to note that it's not normal for us to have like fashion related events I mean I'm not gonna say events but like something like a fashion competition is really like not normal for Cleveland. Like we, we really have like not a lot of fashion here. So when I found the design competition, it was like purely by chance. And mm -hmm. with the competition, they, they gave me a theme to work with and it was called, or it was a heavy metal theme. And they also gave me three challenges. One was to make something without using thread. One was, to upcycle something and they also gave me a dress to upcycle like oh. and I also want to know that it was a beige dress so and my thing was heavy metal so I had to figure that out <laughs> and then the final challenge was to create something without using fabric 
And that's where the sneakers came in. So, yeah. And honestly, it wasn't, like, an easy thing either. Like, I literally had spent weeks trying to figure out, like, what to do for the no thread challenge because I mean uh the no fabric challenge because like with the no thread thing like I kind of had it like down pat like I created um a harness using chains um and leathers and stuff so didn't have to use any thread yeah it was really cute um and I painted flames on it super cute with the dress I ended up making um it like the lining for um a jean jacket so you didn't even see the beige at the end of the day which was cool um but literally the only thing that was getting me was the no fabric challenge and at first like i was like okay should i make something using guitar pigs should i use chip bags like i really don't know what to do like I was yeah that so sounds confused. it sounds like the um unconventional challenge on project runway no like what, it really was that's what it was like yeah it sounds like that because like you really really gotta think outside the box like and for you to come up yes. with something like that is amazing like it's because, exactly. like, you really gotta channel like that inner creativity <laughs> but then also at the same time think about functionality and how you're going to be able to like actually put all these different materials and mediums together to create something that is wearable exactly exactly so and I actually ended up like figuring it out by uh because I usually work with YouTube in my background so Mm -hmm. I had a, a episode of Vice on that day about a guy who made gas masks out of sneakers and I was like oh shit maybe I can use sneakers to make a top so I tried to make a top and I didn't think it looked right as a top. Like, I just thought it looked off. I I didn't think the proportions were right for, like, a top. So I moved it down a little bit. And honestly, I think I was taking it off. Like, I don't even think, like, I was, like, intentionally moving it down. But when I moved it down, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this looks, like, ten times better as, like, a corset instead of a top. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. So is that, like, what does your design process look like now? Like, even coming from that, does it, like, do you sit and, like, you sketch everything out? Like, do you go to, like, um, like a, a, a store and look at different sneakers and kind of figure out how you're going to do it? Like, what does it look like now for you when going through your design process? Oh, yeah. Now for me, it's, like, way easier. Like, because at first, like, and when it comes to upcycling, I've always used stuff that was, like, available to me. Like, I never, like you know, at the beginning was buying brand new materials, like, mm-hmm. because one, I couldn't afford it. And then two, um, it was just like, you know, really didn't go with my mission on top of that. So um, eventually, when, uh, you know, I did figure everything out. Uh, now I have a sneaker, like, supplier mm-hmm. um, here in Cleveland, and they have like a sneaker warehouse, where they've literally had these shoes in the warehouse for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, t- 10 or more years, because uh, they opened in 2003. So they have a lot of the shoes that they used at the beginning, which is crazy. Um, and nobody's buying them. So me being able to source from them has been a lot of help to me. And not only that, but I've been able to help them as well. So, gotcha. um, so but I'm a very unconventional designer. Like, I don't, like, I really don't sketch things out um, I, I work a lot really backwards. Uh, like you just kind of like let that, let the sneakers and stuff like that be the inspiration to what you want to do. So like you just put it on the dress form and you just go with it. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> so I really, um, 
in reality, I just kind of let the materials give me the story mm-hmm. or I let the materials tell them, tell me what they want to be um, instead of the other way around. Because most people will like sketch something out and be like, okay, I want this, that, you know, in the third. But with me, like, I'll just like see a pair of sneakers and I'll be like, oh, that'd be cute as a corset, that'd be cute as a bra, that'd be cute as a dress, like, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, like I said, I'm really unconventional with the way I do things. Um, and it's definitely not like, you know, to, to the standards, I guess, like, or I don't want to say the standards, but like, you know, the, what is expected of you as a designer, like in like, I guess the professional world, like a lot of stuff that I do might not pass <laughs> as sure. okay. So, so yeah. Well, that's I'm why you make your own genre anyway. Like you're not seeking validation from anyone anyway, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I feel too. So tell me this. So I feel like you're a smack in the middle. So I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. We say gym shoes. And then the mm-hmm. people from New York, they say sneakers. And I mean, of course, that's where I reside now. <laughs> so there's always a debate about what they should say. And I'm just like, we don't call sneakers sneakers. Like, we call them gym shoes in New York. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're going into the store. I'm going to get some gym shoes. But then it's like, when I moved here, it's like sneaker, sneaker, sneaker. A gym shoe is literally something you wear to the gym here. But we don't translate it like that in Chicago. So anybody in Chicago, if you say sneaker to them, they're going to be like, what the hell is you talking about? What? (laughs) Yes. Wow. And I know you're like, Ohio's like right in the middle of like Chicago and like New York. Like you're smack in the middle. Were you always, like people always said sneakers? Because I didn't start hearing the word sneakers (laughs) until I moved here, which was seven years ago. (laughs) You know, honestly, I haven't heard the word gym shoes like since I was a kid in gym (laughs) class. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I feel like that's the time like I've ever heard anybody say gym shoes like was in like a school situation wow um so we but behind, I feel like you're saying Chicago's <laughs> behind that's what it sound like yeah I'm not trying to say that y'all are cool I know y'all hit but I personally say sneakers I say uh trainers um we behind. you know I, <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I'll call the shoe by what it is or what the actual name is, like a Jordan one and stuff, or mm-hmm. or I'll say sneaker or a trainer, depending on how. So, it looks, jo- can you I know? tell you this? Jordans, what we call in Chicago, we call them Mikes. What? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of cute though. Yeah, like they always like like you couldn't go to school unless you had the new Mikes, but like no one ever Yo. said Jordan. They always said Mikes. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna start using that one then because I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. So tell me, like, how did you build up, like, your social media following? Like, how did that go for you? Yeah. So I am actually just starting to build my following. Like, I feel like this year has been, like, the best year for me. Um, And in the 2020, definitely, uh, you know, got me a larger following. But this year has definitely, like, solidified everything for sure. Um, But I would say, like, the beginning of everything was my first viral post, which definitely was, like, unexpected. I I didn't even know people would even find this picture. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was actually a photo shoot that I did in 2019 uh, featuring one of my, uh, my New Balance Trainer courses. Um, so, uh, and you know, the picture, now that I look at it, I knew it was iconic when I saw it, but I never knew like it would be like a viral type of iconic. Um, so that was like pretty awesome. So I ended up, so the first time it went viral was, um, on Reddit. 
<laughs> surprisingly. And I never even like been on Reddit before. So like the fact that it was creating buzz around Reddit, okay, that was the first step. After that, um, it had went viral on um, a Chinese app called uh, Weibo, apparently. And I was trying to get Weibo, and you can't get it in America. So basically, I was just like going off a of hearsay. Then after that, um, uh, a publication called Hype Bay hit me up, which uh, you know is a super huge publication with one point like. At the time, 1.5 million followers. So when they wrote that article about me and posted the picture, like things immediately like started going up. Like my following started going up from there. So that was like the beginning of like the 10K situation. And then after that, um, a YouTube star, her name is With Wendy, and I actually used to watch her when um, I was beginning to sew um, and like just learning pointers from her and whatnot. Um, and she ended up doing a, a video on my secret course day, and that got me even more followers. So um, it's really just been like, you know, viral features and stuff like that that have, have like brought me, um, you know, more exposure, more success. Um, and it's just like more and more every day, honestly, because like, I mean, <laughs> now it's like Sweetie posting and uh, Dream Doll and like Vogue magazine and stuff like that. So um, I feel like that has, like, continued to give me exposure do you throughout like, everything. Do you feel like celebrities are your target consumer? Like, when it comes to, like, who you're trying mm-hmm. to target, like, is that what you're going for? Because I was going to ask you about, like, your, you know, your brand identity and who you felt like your target, gra- your target demographic was. Yeah. You know, I, like, <laughs> at the beginning of it all, like, I definitely wasn't, like, targeting celebrities. It was really just more so, like, people who had like a really flamboyant style and like their sense of style is like part of their their uh self like it's it's part of like the way they express themselves and a reason why they love themselves is because getting dressed in the morning Mm -hmm. or whenever they get dressed is, is so meaningful to them and honestly that's how I feel um so that like naturally attracted other uh, attracted other like-minded people um so I mean now that it is on celebrities you know I I guess like I am like starting to target celebrities but I also want it to be attainable to like the regular person who just wants to feel good about themselves in their clothing gotcha makes sense so can you um can you tell me a little bit about like do you feel like that everything sells itself or do you have like kind of like a marketing strategy uh, well, that's another thing that I'm actually working on this year is my marketing strategy and um, trying to like actually hire a real team who actually focuses on this because it's, you know, really hard for me to like try to like do every single thing by myself because, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm the only worker at Frisk Me Good. So literally everything that you see from the clothes to the, it's all to, yeah, it's all me. So um, you know, I'm really working on at the moment, like just uh, building a team as far as like, you know, marketing and whatnot, trying to get like more professional, more industry standard with the way I market. But I mean, really, um, <laughs> it's funny. I don't really have a, a real strategy, but um, I just try to like post content um, and try to get people hype about the stuff that I, that I make. Um, and you just consistent and, with your content. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like working pretty well, um, especially like organically without having to like, you know, pay for ads or anything like that. So, um, you know, when I do like, you know, get my marketing company and stuff like I know it'll it'll definitely do better than what it is. I mean, it's already going great, but like, you're going to you know, scale up, honey. That's what it's exactly. Like. Like, exactly. That's what it is. You're going to scale up. So, <laughs> exactly that's the idea most of your pieces are typically sold out what does your turnaround time look like or do you just make sure you do like one of a kinds or do you will you do like certain replicas yeah so you're actually like catching me in the middle of like you know trying the skill trying to um you know do more small batches and stuff like that because like as you can see like everything on my page is like one of one mm -hmm. um because I mean especially looking back at my earlier stuff, like I was only able to afford like one or only able to find one. So now I'm at a space where like, I'm really diving deep into like sourcing my materials, um, you know, trying to find those materials that I could only find one of online and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really like, you know, trying hard to create more than one, but it just takes me so long by myself. Like, I mean, I just did like a, a jumpsuit mini collection, like, and just finished it last night. It took me three days to do. Um, and that's five jumpsuits in three days. So, and I was trying to work. Yeah. And I was trying to work as fast as I could, but you know, it's only so much you can do as one person. Yeah. So, so the production um, side of it is harder for you. Like, so it's a lot of like, just like made to order. And then, like, it's really offs. like, yeah, it's a lot of one-offs, like, for sure. And definitely made-to-order custom orders and stuff. Like, I found myself having to do custom orders a lot uh, just because, like, you know, it's just so hard to source certain materials more than once. Uh, so, like, it's kind of like if you are able to get that one piece, you're kind of lucky because you're the only person in the world to have it, Loki. So. Yeah, that's exclusivity, baby. <laughs> yeah. You better be paying an arm and a leg for that one piece, too. No, that ass. <laughs> yeah, that's make sure you make sure you pricing those up. So, oh, girl, you already I, know. I know your brand, like, definitely emphasizes a lot on sustainability. Um, mm -hmm. How transparent are you with your brand? Like, what do you yeah. do with the pieces that you don't use? Yeah, no, I'm super transparent. Um, and I, Oh, sorry. <clears throat> but I feel like I could, I mean, I, I, sh I feel like I am being transparent, but I feel like now that you brought it up, like, there are things I could be saying that could, you know, bring more clarity and transparency about like, you know, how we are exactly sustainable. Mm -hmm. I mean, aside from sourcing materials, another thing that I'm trying to do is not only become a sustainable brand, but become a circular brand. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that uh, is making sure like no materials at all get wasted, like nothing ends up in a landfill. And like, I'm really close to doing that, like as far as like, basically like reorganizing my wasted materials to the point where I have a place to put them, um, you know, I have them organized, you know, and whatnot. So, um, but, you know, I, I guess I haven't really talked about to my audience about like, you know, becoming circular. So, um, you know, that's something that I plan to, to do and incorporate and to talk about um, and to bring the light and tell people how important it is too. Nice. Yeah, that would be dope for sure. Yeah. So... Tell me this. How do you handle, like, do you feel like you ever get any, like, backlash or critique or anything like that for your designs not oh, exactly man. being mainstream? Like, how do you oh, deal with those? Man. Yeah, I get a lot of, like, I mean, 
it's crazy. Like this fashion game, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's a real, it's a lot of drama in this little fashion shit. Like, and it and it's sad. I mean, it's not sad, but like it's just funny because like I will literally like just sit at home for hours, like because every day, like damn near, I work till like seven in the morning, and like from that time frame, like it's probably like maybe like. It's probably literally like seven o'clock PM to seven AM. Like that's like kind of like my work shift or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's funny from that, like literally just sitting there from seven to seven by myself making shit. I don't be on my phone. Like I literally be so focused. Don't that get lonely and, though? Like, don't you ever um, get lonely just like doing everything yourself and like not having no one to talk to during out the uh-huh. day? I know it's like super duper tunnel vision, so you focus and you probably get oh, a man. lot of shit done. But do you Listen. feel like because you're so in the zone and you get in just so much shit done that you lack like that? conversation and like those skills and just communicating and network with others because you just you be in the zone all the time so when do you find that time to step away and like have like that work-life balance oh man i'm still trying to figure it out honestly <laughs> um I, i'm gonna be real with you it's um, hard. but i mean it, it is kind of hard but like i mean my boyfriend he lives with me too mm-hmm. so um y'all live together yeah, he has his own uh, business as well, um, and he does, uh, you know, uh, firearm customizations and CCW classes and stuff like that. Nice. Um, and he also had. Well, I have a studio. Well, we kind of live together. So, so y'all have he, you he, have him in there somewhere? No, no, he <laughs> he would not dare, girl. <laughs> he would not dare. I'm like, like, come on. I'm like, I'm gonna put that on my list for a man that I want. I want him to know girl. how to sew. <laughs> No, he doesn't know how to sew or probably would not even help with the sewing. But, you know, he has his own business, too. So me and him are very busy. But, like, I mean, at the end of the night, when he come home from doing what he got to do, we always chop it up. Uh, You know, we see each other, like, mostly every day. And, like, you know, I have friends that live in my building as well. Um, And we see each other on a weekly basis. So I really do try to, like, make time for, like, friends and family and you know, life, you know, but it's, it's really hard because like, I feel like first me good is 24 seven. I cannot put it down. Like, and like, you know, it even scares me to go on vacation, like, which is fucked up. And I'm going on vacation to, uh, to Tulum next week. So, and I'm nervous about Leave it. Leave your like, freaking phone. Oh girl, I cannot do that. They is going, they going to be, Oh, you got it. Oh. Okay. Okay. Do this. Turn yeah, the emails off. Like, take them oh off. Because I did that too. Like, I because it's like the work-life balance thing is is real. Like, you gotta you gotta do it. Like, I feel like you got to. Yeah. I was in a place where like, I used to do like what you do as far as like custom goes, and it would drive yeah. me crazy. Like now, I don't. Like, I have a consulting company now, and I have a team, and like I have and I have fourteen people on my team. But still, it could just like you get drugged into like being all about work, work, work. But then when you on vacation, yeah. and first of all, I go on vacation by myself. It's just me and the world. I don't even take people with me. I go, I've been in St. Lucia for a week by myself. Solo travel, Barbados, Paris. Like, I go and I just become one with myself. I take my emails off my phone. I turn my text messages off. And it seems like it's so hard to do. But when you do it and you really just, like, just love on Tulum and have fun in Tulum, delete it, honey. I swear. It's going to be everything for you. It's going to be every moment that you ever needed. Just for clarity. But it's also going to make, to me, Every time you do those, it makes you an even better business owner. 
you realize something no, about the business that you may didn't catch before. It's like that. Like when you really release yourself from everything that's going around you in the business and then you focus on you, your mind works in a different way that you figure out things to, you know, to enhance the business and grow the business. And you're in that space where you're scaling up anyway. Girl, don't put, don't look at that one email while you went too long. Not Ooh, one. girl. Don't that do is it. a... Oh. But it's going to give you exactly what you need. Tulum is going to give you everything that you need, but do not get distracted by anything. Yeah. Delete No, listen, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, my last vacation, I, me and my boyfriend went to uh, Vegas for our birthdays uh-huh. last year. Our birthdays in September. Mm-hmm. And why was that the busiest fucking week I ever fucking had? Like, yeah. being gone? I'm like, wow, of all the weeks for me to be gone, like, People complaining about they fucking packages. Oh yeah, niggas <laughs> talking that. about it was all type of shit, girl. I was like, oh, oh, no. niggas arguing with me online. Yeah, about you stole this, you stuff. It was all type of shit. I'm like, damn, I can't even enjoy my vacation. Yeah, like, that's why you have to. You can literally have to remove them, honey. I've had that, and then like when I came back and I looked at my phone, I had like almost a hundred messages or whatever. Girl, like I turned it that's off. What I'm scared about like I turned it off or whatever. But a lot of them was able to solve their problems without. Me. And that's another thing I realized too. People be making it seem like they have a problem, but they can figure it out. But we always the ones that jump and get them the answer. When if they really yeah. just take their time, like if it's something off or something's off, baby, go to your local cleaners and get it fixed. Like get your ham done <laughs> no, up, take it in yeah. a little bit, whatever. But it's just like you ain't really gotta reach out to me like that because you gotta think about when you're shopping. Everything you buy does not fit exactly the way you want to so going to yeah. a tailor and going to a cleaner to do different shit is normal but people think because it's custom made that there's a different rule for you no if something is off <laughs> it'll take me more time for you to send it back to me for me to adjust it to send it back to you and all that other bullshit just go to your local tailor and have your local tailor fix it and if you want to reimburse them for anything they have fixed you can but that is normal like, it's no, okay if something I... gets to you and it's not exactly what it needs to be. Like, everything is not going to be perfect, especially if you do a made-to-order and they're not physically in front of you for you to fit it to their body. Like, no, sis, I'm going off shit. of the measurements that you gave me that you probably didn't even fucking take right. You know, so... No, know. <laughs> listen, I didn't been there too, girl. Like, listen, I... Listen. And I I'm telling you, things are just now getting better. So. Yeah, and it's a process. It's a process. I didn't been there. It, I mean, it drew me away from the custom world, but I mean, I learned a lot from it as far as business goes, yeah. especially when it comes to shutting off that phone and like being like, yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, I am making clothes. I am not curing cancer. Y'all better calm y'all asses <laughs> down. Man, and even to right now, I tell it all the time: we are making clothes. We are not curing cancer. Y'all can wait. Girl. You can wait, sis. Listen, I'm like trying to figure out. I'm like, damn, should I put like a note on my website? Like orders that are ordered this week. Yes, you should. Yeah, you should. What I did was I sent out a message like, hey, we will be closed from this day to this day. Orders and operations will resume at this time. Otherwise, that's it. Like operations are closed for two weeks. Or opera, like whatever, yeah. just you can just put it. I did on an Instagram post, I sent out a mass email, but put it on your IG. No emails, phone calls, or text messages will be answered between this day and that day. Operations will resume, and you do it the day, not even the day you're coming back, the day you actually gonna resume operations, the day you're gonna Listen. start back checking emails. They have to respect it. You are a business owner, things happen all the time, and you're a one woman show, and you cannot sure. be everything to everybody. Like, you make clothes, but you ain't no damn magician. No, that's facts. 
That is fucking facts, girl. Like, so, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you said you had someone to go, but I did want to get your thoughts on Balenciaga. Oh, girl. Listen. <laughs> listen. Honestly, with the Balenciaga shit, I'm going to mm-hmm. be 100. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so used to people, like, taking little concepts from me. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like anytime I address it, I always get, like, met with, like, negativity or... Um, you know, arguing or, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I've personally had to step, take a step back from even addressing things like that, uh, mm-hmm. just because for my own mental health. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, and I'm, and imitation know, and I'm is like, the best form of flattery anyway. Like, you know, and yeah. that's how I feel too. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, people go, people are going to do it. Like, you mm-hmm. know. And, and especially the big brands, like, you know, they're eventually going to catch on. Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the best thing that I can do as a designer is keep creating <laughs> and keep continuing to not look at nobody else's shit to be able to make my shit and not pull anything else from anybody, just pulling it from my brain and just keep continuing to do that. And eventually, like, I will get the recognition that I deserve. Like, I mean, honestly, like, when you look at other designers who have been in the game for a long time, for example, Dapper Dan, like, he used to make all type of, like, monochromatic, uh, you know, outfits using Gucci and stuff. And, like, you know, don't quote me on this. I think I've read this somewhere that he ended up getting sued by Gucci. Yes, he did, baby girl. Yep. uh, For using the print. Now he got sued for copy. He got sued for copyright infringement. Exactly. So, I mean, now that it's 2021, Dapper Dan got a collaboration with Gucci now. Yeah, see, so, but the thing, I mean, and, and this is true, he absolutely does, but I just feel like with him, I wouldn't work for a company that sued me, you know, like, so it's I just like, it. I wouldn't go back and work for them because, like, now they're giving me permission to, like, be their house nigga again, but it's just <laughs> like, when I was doing things, you wasn't interested or whatever, um, but yeah. I wouldn't have go like, it's great now that he does have a partnership with them. Um, yeah. but I wouldn't go back and work for no company that, you know, set me yeah, out of my I, ass and took everything from me. <laughs> listen, I feel it. I feel it. I really do. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he got his back. He did. He got his <laughs> after, money back. So yeah, absolutely. He got his money back. So, and I mean, I feel like even from like backlash from, uh, I forgot that movie that came out, uh, uh, Oh, like it's a movie about black designers. That's how I learned like the most about him. But uh, it's, a movie? it's on Netflix. It's it's on Netflix. Yeah, well, it's a documentary. Is it? But uh, I what forgot what it's called. It's called like re- replay or something. I can't. Remember I think I what think I know what you're talking. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know. What I'm it goes through the history of design too, and it talks about all the uh, urban brands that was around in the early yep. '90s too. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. It was it was that uh, video that like yeah, I really know, enjoyed I that one. Yeah, same. Cool. So. I mean, you know, just thinking about, like, the future, like, yeah, maybe now my shit might be getting stolen, but, like, who knows? In the future, Balenciaga might hit me up for a motherfucking collaboration. Exactly. And if they don't, they don't. And, and it's, you know, no big deal. But, like I said, I'm so used to people from getting backlash to even responding to shit like that, that, like, I don't even say anything anymore. Like, I mean, like, if you think about it, like, Beyonce ain't gonna dr- address nobody about nothing. So, I yes. mean... I no need, well, no need. Do, so. Right, you're doing you know? exactly what you need to do. You stand in your lane and stand in your work. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's really all I can do. Cause yeah. listen, I've seen it all, honey. The Balenciaga thing is not the first thing that got t- taken, Facts. and 
it's people who got my corset on their little website talking about cop <laughs> when it's not because I, how is a design that is patented by me copywritten or whatever the fuck so you know it's shit like that girl so yeah I feel you yeah. and you know like I said all I can do is stay positive um you know stay focused and keep even- doing and being the creator that you are no dead ass and honestly i would have been even madder if balenciaga had a corset that's what really would have blew me but i was like okay i make bags they make bags yeah true yeah true. it's a very sticky situation with fashion like you know because i mean a lot of the stuff unless it's super unique like you cannot patent it like i mean you know yeah i know i have a lawyer about yeah my lawyer she sometimes she's telling me like i have a fashion law attorney as well um for our really yeah her name is jaleesa johnson um that's who is the yeah she's me yeah yeah because she's like she's great on like the patents the copywriting the trademarks all that type of stuff um yeah i recommend her to all my clients or whatever because a lot of the designers that i'm working with are new they just started out and you know we're doing their product development and their production for them and they want to have trademarks and copyrights and patents on certain things so um one of my clients has a patent on a very very dope closure for like a bodysuit and stuff like that that she's oh, wow. doing but yeah i'll definitely i can put you in touch with her but yeah we re- recommend she comes highly recommended it's called j&j legal and it's literally just is she's just a fashion law attorney oh yeah i'm gonna we gonna have to talk a little more about this after we get off the podcast because i sure. definitely want to get more information on that for sure yeah um, i can definitely i can text you her information yeah definitely text me um but yeah i mean Listen, the lawyer about to have to come in. I mean, and I do have a, a lawyer for the specific patent that I'm doing, but it's just so expensive. Like, you know? Yeah, it definitely so. is. <laughs> so, yeah. So, tell me. So, as we wrap up, um, I just have my last segment. It's just called um, It's the Muse. Um, so, before we wrap up, can you just tell me anything that, you know, inspires you or keeps you motivated in form of it could be a book, an affirmation, a mantra? Maybe somebody in your life, a crystal that just keeps you going that you would want to share with another entrepreneur. You know, what really like inspires me and keeps me going as a designer is definitely like thinking about all of the black designers that came before me, whether they are men or women, Mm -hmm. their stories are so inspiring. And yet there's little to no recognition about what they've even done, mm-hmm. <laughs> what what they have even done for our history as far as like fashion trends, designs, all of that, um, which really kind of hurts me because like I, even as far as research, there's not even a lot that you can find on black designers at all, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the reason that this inspires me so much is because um, I actually, <laughs> this is a funny story too, so this one time I found this thing, it was called the Google Arts and Culture app. And basically it's a, a app where you can take a picture of yourself. Um, you take a selfie and it gives you back a piece of art that you look like. So I'm like just in my like workroom at the time. This is when I was living at my mom's house before I had my studio. And I take a selfie of myself and I literally, I have a bandana on. Like I'm literally, I'm just playing around. Like I don't even have a really cute picture. So I'm literally just randomly taking a picture, selfie of myself. And why did I get back a picture of a girl from the 1920s that was sewing? Oh, wow. That's dope. It was a painting. It was a painting. And it looked just like me. So I was just like, okay, 
I don't know if this is my past life. <laughs> I don't know. And, and then it's fucked up because I can't even find any information on the woman that was sewing. Because mm-hmm. there, there was nothing, there was no information back then. It was the 1920s. They barely gave a shit about black people at all. So Thanks. there was no information on her, um, which disheartened me because I was like, wow, like this is a woman who, I don't know if she was me. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. But it's just crazy to me that, like, I can't even do no research on her. I can't even know about her life. I, I know nothing about her. I probably will never know anything about her. You just have a picture of her. I, I just have a picture. So, you know, it's really, like, people like her, the people that were forgotten in history, the the black men and women that worked their fingers to the bone. And, like, I know I'm working my fingers to the bone right now, so I can literally only imagine what they went through with all the shit, like, that they had to deal with on top of like, you know, being, um, you know, disadvantaged by their race. So, you know, I just yeah. really am doing this for those people. Um, another designer, Patrick Kelly, my favorite designer of all Oh, I have his he pillows was, in my house. I have him, Willie oh, Smith, and Tracy Reese. Yeah. Yes. I okay, made so pillows listen. of like homage to them. I own a non-for-profit too. Yes. I, um, and we do like these black girl designer club brunches and we always make sure we pay homage to like designers that came before us. So I have like all these pillows that have our logos in the corner, but it has like Tracy Reese, Patrick Kelly, yes. Willie Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Yeah. Like, honestly. Um, but yeah, like it's people like him who, who are the driving force to what I do. Um, I'm working on actually a book right now and it's called 50 Black Fashion Designers. Love it. And the reason that I'm even working on this book is because I was on Amazon this one day and matter of fact, no, I got an ad on Instagram for like these sneakers, uh, this book about sneakers, about how to how to make sneakers. It was like a sneaker encyclopedia or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went on Amazon to see if it was cheaper. And I'm going through the, like, you know, the relevant books or whatever. And it has a book called 50 Fashion Designers. So I'm looking on the cover of the book, and there's not one motherfucking black person oh, on the cover of the book. Oh, I wrote. Is it Fashionary? Yes. Okay, so when they have first no, put that. No, it's Fashionary. It's called yeah, Fashionary. Yeah, is it fa- yeah, Fashionary. So when they put it out, I fucking wrote in the comments that they shit it, which is like, so where are the black designers? <laughs> Girl, that pissed me off so much. I, I so sure mad. I remember when it came out. I was just like so. I literally wrote in their comments and was like tagging them and like uh, tagging like and putting names of like black designers. I'm like, so y'all got a whole book of fifty fashion designers and right. not one black designer in the whole book. Right. Yeah. No. And girl, when I tell you that pissed me off so much, I was like, all right, bet. So we about to get a book called Fifty Black Designers. Facts. And we go and we about to flex because yes. there's not there's not no reason that y'all couldn't do no type of research that and then it's it just kind of like to me like it kind of gives a vibe that we're being erased from history. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, we always have been, but you know, that yeah. in particular was really like blowing me yes, because there's girl. no way that you couldn't just even like put fucking Dapper Dan, Patrick Kelly, and like, Low. So you, you should put and Low. And Low. Get yeah, and Low yeah. in there, you know? Yeah, you know, definitely. But, I mean, even when it comes to like and Low shit, like her shit got stolen too. Like it's just, yeah. it's all type of shit. So by I'm like, Shipper all right, y'all her shit got <laughs> no, stolen by Shipperelli. Like, <laughs> that I was like, y'all not about to sit here and erase history like this. Yeah. I'm not if I have anything to do if with anything this. If anything, so. I recently just launched. I have a black designer directory on my website. 
Oh, do you? And yeah, I just it just came out. Like I've been like promoting it for a lot of months, trying to get people to like submit their submissions and stuff like that. But yes, I'm um, like on our website now. We have a black fashion designer directory. And most of the okay. clients and most of the people that we help, like our my LC apparel consultant, like that entire business, like we got over 300 black designers that we help and create wow. products for doing product development and production. So we, we coming. We are coming. Full no, throttle. we really are. <laughs> we really are. And we're we're about to make a name. We're, we're not sure. about to be silent. And all. that's a fact. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much, Sierra, for joining me. I really appreciate your time oh, today. Boy. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. This episode is pre-recorded, so it'll actually end up coming out in two weeks from today. Right. Okay. And then we'll start promotions on other stuff. But thank you so much for joining me and talking about your story and your journey. And I just love it. I love when we're all Thank you for letting me share that. No, for real. You know, I like I keep it raw and authentic on here, honey. So we're going to tell the truth. No, dead ass. (laughs) Listen, I cannot wait to hear everything. Thank you so much. We'll definitely be in touch after this. Thank you. I actually already shot you over the legal stuff. So it should be in your text message. I sent you her Instagram. But as I always say, stay black. Peace out. All right. Bye, period. <laughs> All right, bye. Have a good day, love. Bye. Right. You too. Bye. bye.